Hi and welcome back to Sci-Fi Fans, the podcast of movie trivia. So I'm going to be revisiting the Harry Potter franchise, but whereas before I stopped on the second film, I think I'm going to carry on all the way through the whole eight films over the next coming shows. So starting off with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I think it's worth mentioning how the film changed J.K. Rowling's life forever. I mean, the whole Harry Potter franchise has certainly done that for her. And she's become the first billionaire author. Now, just think about that for a second. When she wrote Harry Potter, she was an absolute nobody. And it took many attempts with different publishers for to find one that would take a chance on her and publish her book. So she was quite fortunate there. And luck and fortune has a big part in the Harry Potter story because if you go to the Harry Potter uh, experience in Watford, just outside London in the UK, and it's probably the same at any other Harry Potter experience around the world, they explained that the director of, either the director or one of the lead producers on Harry Potter, said to his colleagues, his pool of talent, on Friday afternoon that he wanted them to go out and find a book that he could make into a film and it was just again by chance that one of the people within that group come across Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in a second-hand bookshop, picked it up, read it, got sucked into the story that she went back and said on the Monday this is the, the book that you should make into a film. And after reading a couple of pages, the director or producer agreed. And that was the, this is a brief outline on the story of how the Harry Potter books begun as a film franchise. Obviously, J.K. Rowling hadn't completed the series. There was a couple of books that she needed to finish. I think she'd done up until the fourth, the fourth book. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was uh, how Harry Potter went from being book to massive billion pound dollar franchise, very easy. So um, I'm gonna cover the Philosopher's Stone in the first half of the podcast, and then I'll be talking about the Chamber of Secrets. So here are some fun things that you didn't know about Harry Potter and the uh, Philosopher's Stone. One stipulation that JK Rowling had was that the cast of the film would have to remain predominantly British. So that's the reason why it's such a great British cast in the film, because that is the feel that J.K. Rowling wanted it to have. So it's interesting to note that Alan Rickman was actually handpicked by J.K. Rowling herself in order to play the character Snape. Speaking of the uh, British cast, the uh, one and only legendary, and that word is used quite a lot, but I think legendary is one of the few words that really do describe the uh, person that is Robbie Coltrane. Not only was he a legend on the big screen, but he was also a big TV actor for us in the UK, playing characters such as Cracker. Um, there isn't really a lot I can say that hasn't already been said about Robbie Coltrane, apart from the fact with um, Harry Potter, that did you realise that he was the very first person to be cast out of everybody uh, for a role, and that was obviously the role of Hagrid. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Sci-Fi Fans. Now, if you're listening to me on the podcast, 
please subscribe to the podcast, like and share, and uh, don't forget to spread the word. Now, if you're watching me here on YouTube, don't forget to do those same things and leave a comment in the box below. That will help me grow the channel and we can build a lovely science fiction based community. I am also on TikTok under SciFi1, SCI.FI1, and I produce daily videos on there with more movie trivia. Now, did you know I write science fiction books myself? My first book, Broken Ceasefire, is available on the Amazon Bookstore, and I also have a second book called Xander's Salvation. Both titles are available in the Kindle Unlimited program. So, so far, if you're following me, if you're following me so far, Everything that I've mentioned will not cost you a single penny. Now, you can support the channel by buying a copy of my book and leaving an honest review on Amazon. That will help a great deal as well. So in the meantime, thank you very much for your continued support. I will leave a link to all of the ways that you can support me in the description below. And let's carry on with the episode. Thank you very much for listening or watching. Now, just because you have been cast as Harry Potter does not mean that you still need to get a good education whether that be in witchcraft and wizardry, wizardry even, or GCSEs. Because the, uh, the, the children that were cast for the roles were still at school and needed to get their education, they were actually given their GCSE lessons on set and they filmed them while they were doing this. And this was to create a genuine feel within the film that the uh, actors and the characters were actually at school and in lessons learning things. So there you go, they were actually taught their GCSEs on set and you can watch them in Harry Potter. When you're making a film on the scale of Harry Potter, there's no surprise that some of the props get broken, particularly the ones that you're going to be using on a regular basis, such as the spectacles that Daniel Radcliffe had to wear for the character of Harry Potter. But did you know that during filming, Daniel Radcliffe actually got through 160 pairs of glasses? Should have gone to Specsavers. I think due to the books, everybody knew that they were onto a winner when they decided to make Harry Potter into a film. How much of a winner was still a little bit of a gamble because in order to fund the special effects and the cast and everything, it would have cost a pretty penny. However, by 2002, Harry Potter had become the second highest grossing movie of all time worldwide, that is. Second only to James Cameron's 1997 smash hit Titanic. With the current troubles in Hollywood with writers going on strike and actors going on strike, I do wonder whether there's a union for the animals. Now the reason why I say that is because Hedwig was played by three different owls. They were Sprout, Oak and Gizmo. And I think had they been part of a union they might have actually qualified for equal screen time because, um, well, how... <laughs> The uh, owl that was known as Gizmo is actually the one that we see most on screen. So uh, that probably ruffled a few feathers. So the sequel to Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was released in 2002 and it had a runtime of nearly three hours. So at that time, movies were still around about an hour and a half to two hours with Lord of the Rings being one of the exceptions. And I think it's possibly because of Lord of the Rings their audiences were being, they were prepared really to sit down for a bit longer for a movie. Um, incidentally, Gladiator came out in 2000 and that's quite a hefty runtime as well. So I think by the time 2002 rolled around, audiences were a little bit more accepting of a longer runtime film. And I mean, it's pretty much the norm these days for a film to be three hours long. 
So again, the, the book, the, the film was obviously uh, based on the book by J.K. Rowling and um, she was uh, one of the producers on there. So she's got quite a good deal actually when it comes to Harry Potter. She's an incredibly shrewd business person. Um, the film was made on a budget of approximately $100 million and it took a worldwide gross of $879.8 million and that's not taken into consideration the merchandise either because let's face it Harry Potter merchandise is I would say probably more popular now than Star Wars um, that's my own opinion you're welcome to disagree with me and uh, <laughs> feel free in the comments so yeah without any uh, further ado let's uh, jump to my trivia points from the Chamber of Secrets in the scene where uh, Draco Malfoy finds Guile, who, which is actually Harry Potter disguised as Guile, Tom Felton actually forgot his lines for this particular scene, and that is why he improvised the line, I didn't know you could read. One of the main characters in Harry Potter and the um, Chamber of Secrets is Moaning Myrtle. They discover the spirit of Moaning Myrtle in the ladies' bathroom. Now, the actress playing her, Shirley Henderson, created her very own piece of Hogwarts history, and that was because of her age. She was 37 when she took on the role of Moaning Myrtle. Now, that made her the oldest member of the cast to portray a student that had attended or was attending Hogwarts. As a writer, J.K. Rowling incorporated many aspects of her life within the Harry Potter franchise, including the Ford Anglia. Now, what's the link with the Ford Anglia and um, J.K. Rowling? Well, if you didn't know, J.K. Rowling used to go up to the Lake District in the UK with her friend in her very own Ford Anglia. So that's why she kind of weaved the, the car into the story. However, 14 Ford Anglias would meet their demise when they were making the scene with, which involved the Whomping Willow. So um, I have to question, how much of a fan was she of Ford Anglias if she saw 14 of them smashed up for this film? Now, thanks to the MCU, post credit scenes have kind of become quite fashionable. Not every movie does them, um, and not every movie in the Harry Potter franchise has one. However, the Chamber of Secrets is the only film in the franchise that has a post credit scene. Because of the popularity of Harry Potter then, and it's still very popular now, just ask um, Warner Brothers with the creation of Hogwarts Legacy, the um, DVD release of the Chamber of Secrets went on to create its very own record as well, and that was here in the UK. It was the very first DVD to record and reach 1 million sales in its first weekend. Um, that's a lot of DVDs and at that time they were probably about 15-20 quid so that's an awful lot of money to make just on DVD sales here in the UK for a weekend. What do you think? One aspect of the Harry Potter franchise that I like is the will he won't he with Harry. Will he go down the dark path or will he stay to the light? given the fact that he has so many links with Voldemort, which obviously become apparent as the movies go along. Now, the main link that he has, which is considered quite a dark art, see what I did there, um, is the way that Harry Potter is able to speak parcel tongue. J.K. Rowling, much like what J.R. Tolkien did with Lord of the Rings by creating 
the Elven language. J.K. Rowling actually created the Parcel Tongue language and had like a um, a phrase book for the cast to use so that they could get the words right on screen. And that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode of Sci-Fi Fans, the podcast of movie trivia. If you've enjoyed yourself, and I take it you have because you're still here listening to me, then please leave a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to me on. I try and make the uh, podcast as accessible as possible. If you've got any tips or hints on how I can improve the show, please do get in touch. I'm open to suggestions. Also, I'd love to know whereabouts you are in the world. So if you are able to, again, just leave a comment and let me know where, whereabouts, what country you're in. That's all. Because uh, I'd love to know what the reach is on this particular podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Take care of yourselves. And I will be back in approximately a week's time with some more movie trivia. Take care.